Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 196 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hines. Welcome along. We speak to you on a cold and wintry Monday evening, the night uh, before the night after. Is that the night before? Is that the phrase, Nathan, I think? That's what I'm looking for? It's something like that, Sam. But, I mean, you know, look, we're kicking off here with some, with some beautiful news. And I think everyone is feeling very warm and fuzzy and absolutely buzzing off their nut, if I'm honest. Exactly. You can't beat buzzing off your nut to instil some sort of warmth in the winter, I think. And uh, what a fantastic win last night. What a win. Unbelievable, Brian. Um, Just, uh, yeah, words kind of fail me, which is not good as a podcast host, I think, but... um, Help me out here, Nathan. I mean, you 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 said you're buzzing off your nut. I mean, what were you like last night? I can actually, well, I'm just imagining you in your flat, in your apartment, just throwing nachos up in the air, screaming, sliding across the floor, that kind of thing. When uh, when it all kicked off last night, I've got to say that's probably the most animated and on it I've been watching a Bengals game in the regular season for a long, long time, for quite a few years, I would say. I mean, that was, and Zach Taylor put it right, it was a heavyweight match last night. It was a playoff, a mock playoff game. It had everything. It was a real humdinger of a game, a game that Jim Ross um, would love to have called. It had everything to it, and it was a pleasure to watch that. Who's Jim Ross? Jim Ross, JR, from... um, from WWE, you must remember him. I don't, got- I'm not a wrestling fan, despite oh, the rumours you've been spreading that I suplex a policeman. Well, you know for what that's not rumour, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, oh, would have been, he would have been absolutely loving that. Him and uh, Jerry the King Lawler would have been calling that match back and forth. It was a beautiful game, and one that even if we'd lost at the end there, I think you could have taken your hat off, and, and rare you can say this, but you could have said that was a beautiful, brilliant game of football, even if we'd lost. But we did it. We what made we it so it brilliant? Then? What made it so yeah. brilliant? What, 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 why was it so brilliant? Do you think it was a quality game of football, wasn't it? it you, you could just tell there were some quality football players playing in that game. It wasn't many penalties. There was some real skill um, on display. You know you, what the Bengals were doing to try and manoeuvre around Patrick Mahomes, and then he was sort of. You know, manoeuvred around us and tossing some balls up there. Valdez Scantling had some great catches. Um, what Joe Burrow did was just world class. I mean, he just was so poised. Only missed six throws all night. He ran, he ran the ball as well. He was very effective as a runner. 
I just thought it was a great game of football. It was high quality. Good. It was disciplined. It was entertaining. It was fast paced. It was back and forth, you know, and it was who was going to blink first. And the, yeah. the Chiefs, thankfully, were a team that blinked first. Incredible play by the Bengals from Jermaine Pratt to full stat fumble on Travis Kelsey. And then for Joseph Asai to get the sack um, to force them just about enough out to 55 yards, kicking towards the river, difficult kick to make. You get a break there and then that's all she wrote. We got the ball, we took control and we finished the job. And incredible. I mean, I, I was honestly, I, I would, it was a difficult one because the game finished at about half 12 at night on a Sunday night in the UK. And it's one of those moments where you desperately need to go to bed to get out for work. But I wanted to like run for a wall at the end of that game. You know I, mean? <laughs> I know like, what you mean, yeah. Go down the pub and have five pints and, you know, start calling up my phone book. It was one, one of those wins, <laughs> but absolutely extraordinary. It was actually, it was extraordinary. Oh, I know what to say. I had so much to say and now I've gone blank. It's It, it was just, I, do you know what I found last night? I found the game, um, it went past in the blink of an eye. Did you find that? It was a really quick game. It was, it'd feel quick, yeah, I agree with you. And like you said, there was, there was um, it was a fairly clean game in terms of penalties, lots of action. These guys are just going toe-to-toe. We we now find ourselves in the realm of the Bengals seemingly having worked every little problem out. You know, we've had it's taken half a season or so to get here. We've witnessed a team struggling in the early part of the season, trying different things, things not working. People calling for Zach Taylor's head. People calling for Frank Pollack's an investigation into Frank Pollack. His football, his football side of things. Obviously, not any sort of criminal investigation because I'm sure Frank is fine. Um, but do you know what I mean? There was all that kind of consternation uh, early in the season. They they adjusted. They tweaked things. They changed things. Injuries. Star players went down. Star players came back, but in the middle of it all, backups. This season has been a slow, steady progression to a point where, as I say, we are in the realm now. Suddenly, almost suddenly, not necessarily overnight, because we saw them beat the Panthers and the Falcons and uh, who else? And and well, those guys, you know, the people saying that, oh yeah, you know, you rack up the yards, you rack up the stats, you rack up the points against those guys, they're not very good, you know. But I guess you needed those wins to get to this point now, which again, I'll say it again, we are in the realm of very, very, very goodness, I think. Don't you think? We We are to be considered as a contender. We are as good if not better than last year when we went on that crazy run. Now, that's not to say we will go on a crazy run again, but I, you know, we'll leave this to a bit later. But do you know what I mean? We are, the re- we are in the realm of very, very, very goodness now. And it's just kind of clicked. To get everything is just clicked together like a big clicky thing. <laughs> and oh, I like it, Nathan. I like it very much. And I like watching it. And I get very excited. 
Well, I mean, I agree with you. And there's no way the Bengals could have gone on a better run than they've been on since that awful loss to the Browns. And I think after that loss to the Browns, a lot of people thought that's all we had and we were a bit of a stop-start team and it there was, you know, it wasn't going to be this year and, that, you know, oh God, maybe we should be trading players away. And I think the way the Bengals have responded in the last four games, you couldn't have asked for anything more. You hung 42 points on the Panthers in an absolute throlicking um, you got 37 points on the Steelers the week after that. Perhaps not a vintage performance, but enough against a, you know, a division rival on the road to to get a win. It was always going to be difficult. Then, brilliant game the week before. We forget about that against a playoff team that almost certainly we might come up against again in the Titans. You really, you know, grueled that out in a, in a difficult game, you know, on the road again against the Titans, memories of that playoff game again that they would have loved to revenge on. And then to just take it one step further, you play the Chiefs, who I think many consider to be the best team in the NFL right now, let alone the AFC, and you beat them. And not only do you beat them, but you, you beat them playing a bit. Not I'm the, not for a second saying it was sloppy, but there was a few mistakes in that game from the Bengals. I mean, Bengals. we realistically, we should have beaten them last yeah. night by yeah. 10 points. Yes, I agree. That, that's what I mean. It was some sloppy play in there that you look at and you think, oh, how have we not, you know, the Tyler Boyd catch to to name one but there was a few opportunities in there we had to really knock it down their throat obviously the the fourth and goal the end around that got stuffed by our old friend Carlos Dunlap but there was a few points in that game where you just felt oh god you've you know you've let them have a chance here you've let a team that's as good as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid you've given them a chance you've made a mistake you know you can't do that in these games and yet we came away I'm not going to say it was comfortable but it felt fairly in control it certainly didn't feel like a fluke it certainly didn't feel like yeah i mean like it, yeah I, I think it was a comprehensive com- not again i don't like the word comfortable. no no i know what you mean though it could have been you know it measured uh, it was a very impressive confident win very focused wasn't it very yes. i don't know i was i thought the first we're getting into a reaction territory here but uh, we are going to do some reaction um, in a bit, but we're not going to do it. We're, I think we're going to do the Wheel of Fortune tonight. We've done Wheel of Misfortune plenty of times. So we're going to do Wheel of Fortune. I thought the first half generally was utterly fantastic. They played out their skins. They looked so sharp on offence right from that first drive, just moving the f- down the field as if in some sort of beautiful dream, Nathan. Um and the defence was sort of stepping up. I remember Jay Morrison talking on here, that podcast growling last week, saying that if the Bengals manage to stop the, the Chiefs once, they that might be enough to win, as long as they can stay toe-to-toe with them. Do you know what I mean? On the offensive side of the yeah. ball. And they stopped them once on their first drive. Do you know what I mean? In terms of not scoring a touchdown. Um, and then it got a bit sticky that there was a momentum-changing play as you mentioned that jet sweep on fourth down to Trent Taylor blown up great play by Carlos Dunlap we have to say and uh, it was great to see Carlos on the field again and uh, and playing in Cincinnati and I understand that he took some time to you know meet with the fans and sign a few autographs and all that's a fair play to Carlos the days of Instagram lives of him eating bags and bags of potato chips are over it seems and um, it was great to see him but then you know you the Chiefs came out in the third quarter Mahomes has thrown it deep a couple of long ones to Valdez Scantling 
couple of chunk plays, and it was just like, oh, uh oh, they're starting to go through the gears. You know, that's what you always fear with the Chiefs, right? And yet, by the fourth quarter, we 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 responded. We were not necessarily on the ropes, but we were taking a few meaty jabs to the to the old noggin there, maybe a few puffy eyes. Um, but then came out swinging in the fourth quarter, and then, yeah, it, it, that game had a bit of everything. And you're right, it really felt like a playoff game, didn't it? The atmosphere was great in the stadium by the sounds of things. Everyone was amped up to the max. They knew it was an important game. And that's the thing also. It's great to beat the Chiefs and put down a marker, and I think the rest of the, you know, every every motherfucker now is, like, on the Bengals train again. You know, you're around the NFL podcast, you're... Athletic Football Show a podcast did a great... They always do. Robert Mays and Nate Tice always do great breakdowns and analysis. So I do urge you to go and listen to them. Um, you know, Dan Orlovsky's weighing in, just like heaping praise on the Bengals and their play designs and uh, Lou's approach on defence and all the rest of it. Everybody is back on board and it's kind of exciting again, isn't it? Um, but yeah, we had to come out and respond in that fourth quarter and they 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 did it was it was terrific so um yeah incredible win incredible atmosphere the train is moving now nathan and i hope it doesn't stop well yeah i mean it, it like i said it has been an incredible four game stretch you've got a very difficult five games coming up there's not one easy game left we know that um but certainly the way the team's playing at the moment the gear they've gone into in the last couple of weeks has been frightening and if they can keep any semblance of that up and keep playing the way that they you know i think we know they can now i think that you back them to win four five of those remaining games and i know that sounds a little bit um, overconfident and it sounds potentially a little bit unrealistic considering the standard of the teams we've got to play but you know the way that we, the way in which we've approached those last two games against playoff caliber teams the, the Titans and the Chiefs we've been the better team we've played some quality football the most of the teams we've got coming up the Browns the Patriots teams like that the Bucks they're not as good as the Titans and the, the Chiefs they're certainly not as good as the Chiefs we've got a few of them at home you've got to back us you know son I, I, I really mm. It's quite an exciting, exciting time. And the only thing I'd say, the NFL's a crazy league. I mean, four weeks ago, I don't think anyone in a million years would think that we're going to go on a four-game win streak, play the way we have. You know, people were really, really down, downbeat and despondent on the Bengals after that shocking loss against the Browns. And, you know, lo and behold, the Browns are coming up again this Sunday and you lose that and all of a sudden, you know, things go, go to the wind a bit. But the way they're going at the moment I mean you just have to take your hat off and appreciate the quality of the football that we're watching because it's been as good as in the regular season as I can remember as a fan for the last 15 to 20 years yeah and I agree and it's we kept talking about earlier you know you often ask me what you know what happened the year after the Bengals got to the Super Bowl in 88-89 why did they not you know why did they why could they not repeat and it looked as though they were that question was being answered by this year's team. They were really sort of struggling to to find any consistency. Great one week, not so great the next week. Bad, good, bad, and then the ugly, all in the same game. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think we might have cracked it. Now, obviously, the win against the Chiefs isn't going to stand or mean too much if we don't get to the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? It's one regular season game that gets you closer to a point that you want to get to 
And in our, in our case, the the playoffs again. And as we know, you just got to qualify. You just got to qualify. You just got to get to that promised land, and then anything can happen. Um, and the that game last night will give them so much confidence. Everyone seems to be playing at a very high level. Um, but we still need to go out and take care of the Browns, a team that we haven't beaten, I don't think, in the Zach Taylor era. Um, And then, as you say, Bucks. Who is it next? Yeah, Bucks, Patriots, Bills and Ravens. There's some biggies. There's some big, fat biggies there. And if we can't uh, take care of business, then we're not going anywhere, obviously. But, yeah, uh, certainly trending in, in the right direction. Just a fantastic win last night. Just really... Guts it out when we had to. There's a lot of flair on show. There's a lot of big hits on show. That Von Bell was outstanding again. Delivered a, a big hit on someone. I can't remember who it was. Um, and a couple of pass breakups. He was great. You know, there was... Mahomes was struggling to find people down the field. Testament to Eli Apple and Cam Taylor Britt. I mean, amazing how he's come on in the last couple of weeks. CTB. Yeah. Um you know, defensive line, just the whole team in every phase really stepped up. It felt the intensity was there, a playoff-like intensity. Oh, it was great. I love these games. It's so much fun to be relevant in December and yep. pushing for stuff and being in the mix and being in contention. And you know what, Justin Reed, up your ass. Um Anyway, let's go to um, the Wheel of Fortune this week, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? There we go. Do you, do you like that? Uh, last time we had a maybe quite a. Uh, it was like the wheel of fortune, wheel of misfortune on acid last time, and this time I think it's go. It's a. It's standing on the dance floor, ready to get going. Do you think it's a bit? What do you think? Oh, and I think it's pumped up. I think it's, you know, it's enjoying it. It's not taken into account. It's a Monday. It's a Friday for the week. <laughs> you know, I think it's in a great place. Uh, I agree. Well, uh, the the wheel is saying uh, Jermaine Pratt. He's really <laughs> come on, hasn't he? I mean, he really has. He's, he's, his contract year, which is quite funny because you just think to yourself, you know, it's always the case, isn't it? Players, you know, are not bad. They're not bad. They get a bit better. You sort of quite like them. And then all of a sudden in their contract year, they turn into borderline pro bowlers and then you have to fork out a ton of money to keep them or you don't keep them. And that's the only, the only knock you could say with... Jermaine Pratt, he's always been a good player, you know, perhaps nothing more than good, but this season he's been fantastic. His PFF grades will show you that. You've seen it on the field, and that's a that's a big season-defining play last night against arguably the best tight end of all time. You know, you, he's got the ball, he's moving forward. You get your hand in there about half a second, if not less than that, before his shin goes to the ground. You rip the ball out, and it changes the trajectory of the game. You know, it was a it was a back and forth the Bengals were just on the back foot a little bit I thought in the second half that the Chiefs would just really got themselves back into it they had the lead they get the ball they were heading down the field again Kelsey had just started to get into the game himself after a very quiet first half where he didn't have a catch and that just completely sucker punched the Chiefs I think it gave the Bengals some real real belief and from then on we didn't look back we finished the game and 
uh, you got to you got to say fair play to Jermaine Pratt. If it's not with the Bengals next season, it'll be somewhere. Um, you know, and I hope he's back with the Bengals, but he'll, he'll certainly earned himself um, a very juicy payday. I don't doubt. Yeah, um, Jermaine Pratt won our most. Uh, when I say our Bengals UK's most uh, improved player last year, and this year he's stepped up again. And I think it's. I mean, he's just playing at a Pro Bowl level, isn't he? Let's. I mean, there's no ifs or buts about it. He's very strong in the run game. He works beautifully well with those the big guys up front. Him and Logan Wilson, I think there was some speculation on Twitter last week whether they made up the best um, linebacking duo uh, in Bengals history. Now, Takeo Spikes and Brian Simmons and Jim LeClaire and Bill Berge and all those fantastic guys will probably have something to, to say about that. But, I mean, certainly in modern times, maybe the last 20 years, I think Wilson and Pratt have developed... Uh, arguably the strongest linebacking tandem and of course it is a tandem now isn't it i mean the base defense is pretty much uh 425 um so yeah they wilson's a fantastic player where whereas wilson had much more splashier plays plays last year i think pratt has almost you know dare i say it overshadowed wilson this year wilson's still a very good player but yeah, Jermaine Pratt, um, what a season he's having and what a play, a real momentum changer, as you say. Just the the tenacity. You could see him just trying to yank that ball away from Kittle's uh, grasp and it took two or three goes and then it was out. It was just fantastic. And I think Pratt's, uh, the rise of Pratt um, is indicative of those other players that maybe don't get the attention of your chases or your Trey Hendricksons or whoever it might be that are really stepping up this year, I think. Um, people like Trent Nern we've sp- spoken about, Trent Taylor we've spoken about, and Samaj P. Ryan, no doubt we'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, but uh, that's on the offensive side of the ball, but we mentioned Cam Taylor-Britt and... Um, Akeem Davis Gaither's coming into the mix after his injury. Joseph Asai with a massive sack last night, as you mentioned earlier. These sort of so-called bit part players are really kind of, you know, I don't know. It just feels like a better, more rounded team this year, don't you think? Yeah, I do, and I, I think the one area the Bengals look a lot better in is pass protection, and that's been in the last four or five weeks. Oh, wait, think- wait, wait, wait! The wheel wants to have a word. So the wheel uh, said, hold your horses, Nathan Palmer, because the next subject on the wheel is the offensive line. It's noticeably better, noticeably. And when the offensive line plays well, you don't talk about it too much. When it's giving up six, seven sacks a game, you do talk about it a lot. And it's been a lot better, isn't it? It They look like they're playing with real cohesion. Joe Boyd looks like he's got some time. Yeah, he gets some pressure in his face and he'll take the odd sack. But he's being kept very, very clean. He's allowed. He's being allowed to move around. He can step up in the pocket. He's able to run the ball. The running lanes are there. Samar J.P. Ryan is looking fantastic. And I don't know whether that's because Samar J.P. Ryan is fantastic or if it's because the offensive line is playing 10 times better, you know. So 
is markedly better. And I think that's the exciting thing for the Bengals is there's no reason for it to sort of trend backwards. We always knew it would take a bit of time for them to build up that cohesion and the chemistry on the line on, you know, on paper, they were certainly better, you know, some respected veterans on that, on that line and some money to bring them all in. But I really think now for the Bengals, now that they're there and they're playing together and God forbid at the moment we're injury free on that line. It's the, you know, you've got the, your five best guys out there. It's very exciting because, like I said, there's no reason for them to, to head backwards. You've got some RJP Ryan playing like, um, you know, Sean Alexander out there at the moment. I mean, he just looks <laughs> fantastic. He's he's catching the ball. He's running it. You know, and that, that play last night for him where he where he just about got that first down, pivotal play in the game. I mean, he, was, he looks like he's running with a jetpack on the back of him. You know, the intensity and the ferocity that he's running with is, is absolutely fantastic. And something I don't think we've seen you know, for a while with no knock on Joe Mixon there. But, you know, he really has taken the opportunity by the scruff of the neck. Granted, the Chiefs aren't a great run defence team, but the way he's played in the last couple of weeks, P. Ryan, I mean, I said last week, you know, it'd be hard. And I think if Joe Mixon came back from his concussion, you still, he's your starter. You've got to go with him. I don't know anymore. I think it's... Oh, hello. Well, I, I just think that the the thing is with Joe Mixon, I mean, he's, you know, the last game he properly played, he was absolutely, you know, unbelievable. And you wonder whether with the line playing like it is now, um, would he come in and have even greater success or similar success? You don't know. But I think the way Samarjo P. Ryan's playing, you certainly can't take him out. You look last night, Chris Evans made the most of his opportunity. Um, in the past game, and even Travion Williams, I know he only had a one carry yesterday, but he got on the action as well. So, whole the whole unit and the way that they're keeping Joe Burrow upright, I think that's why this offense just looks, you know, as good as it does. I mean, Drew Christman last night had one punt, you know, the whole yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was it was a really special offensive performance from from the whole team as well. It wasn't just Joe Burrow carving people up. It was a very balanced attack. A lot of people got involved. You know, Tyler Boyd had some good catches. Jamar Chase came back in and was very, very strong. Um, and I think that's because you've got the balance and the quality on that line to enable you to sort of run some different plays and mix it up and be and be balanced as an offense. So, oh, hats off. I mean, you know, I'm gushing here some. I can feel it, Nathan. I can feel the gush. I really can. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, some of the pockets that Burrow was was passing from last night, and this is against Chris Jones, right? Um, was un- it's like he was like skipping in a in a in a in a prairie along a meadow without just the wind, just a mere summer breeze hitting him. That was it. He was he had acres and acres of space. That's probably an overstatement, but you know what I mean. He had more yeah. time than I've seen for a long time. And we've always said, give Joe Burrow that extra couple of seconds, then he's going to be lethal. And because uh, he's already he's already accurate as you like, under pressure. Well, pretty, pretty accurate, you'd say. Um, but now, bloody hell, bloody hell. And you know what? You know, Karras is great. Uh, Jonah's picked up his game. Leo Collins no longer spends most of the game on his ass on the floor. He's now showing us what a good player and good signing he is. I think he's really stepped up again. Uh, Alex Kappa doesn't get mentioned at all, I don't think. And he's having a brilliant season, I have to say. And then we get uh, Cordell Volson, a rookie, a fourth rounder from some tiny school in wherever, Dakota or wherever. Uh, over the past three weeks, 
He has faced, I mean, you could say he's faced the likes of Cam Haywood, Jeffrey Simmons and Chris Jones. I mean, that's a pretty ferocious trio of inside um, defensive linemen, right? One sack, one quarterback hit, two quarterback hurries. I mean, that's outstanding production from a rookie. Is it a finished article? No, but he's he's meshing with those guys, those veterans on the line, and they've taken their time to kind of gel together, but they're playing really well. And not just the, the pass protection, which is obviously crucial to let Joe... Let Joe go, um, but it's the running game. Like you say, P Ryan is just kind of. I mean, half of it is the line, and half of it is P Ryan. I think he makes it very difficult to tackle you. He's a very sort of lowish centre of gravity, isn't he? He's just incredible. But yeah, the offensive line is playing as well as I've seen it in the past two and a half years. I think. I mean, really, really well. So, props to. The props to the, the the scheme and the blocking schemes and the physicality and so you know hats off to Frank Pollack but also hats off to uh, the guys on the line themselves because they've obviously worked really hard and um, yeah they look good they look like a proper offensive line unit now which is fantastic completely agree and you, you have to say didn't you it's a fair change in what we were talking about four or five weeks ago because I, I know, think that- right first portion of the season you were worried about it worried that they perhaps hadn't made some had to make good decisions on people they brought in is frank pollock the guy there was a lot of finger pointing and questioning and it is brilliant to trust the process and see it all come to come to fruition and like i said let's just hope they can keep it together and play as they as we know they can because i tell you what if you play like that for the rest of the season and you've got that give joe boy that sort of time with the weapons that he's got I mean, you you've got to back yourself to have a pretty serious run at um, a serious run to the title. Yes, I agree. Anyway, wheels calling. He's, he's quite demanding now. The wheel. He's got a bit of a. Well, it might not be a he. It. I'm going to call it it. The wheel. He's he's well known. People know who he is. You know, you can't. I know. He's he's kind of saying to me. It's kind of saying to me. Come on, all you you two waffling! Isn't it about time that I have my own podcast? That's that's what it's saying to me, Nathan. I can't yeah. believe it. All right, wheel. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. Just we've got to put it. We've got to put the wheel in its place. I think, Nathan. It's getting too much. Uh, too big for its boots if wheels indeed do wear boots that would be something wouldn't it um right uh joe burrow what a geezer what a man what an absolute titan of the game um <laughs> he was just he's just great wasn't he i mean yeah <laughs> in all facets he just commanded the game like i said he only missed six passes he was a threat of his legs he the way that they approached that at the end there i thought they'd made a bit of a, a mistake when they tried to you know throw the ball and burrow took that sack just you know didn't didn't couldn't get the ball out and you thought oh they made it a bit difficult for themselves here third and 11 and the confidence you're playing with to stick that ball in there to t higgins on third and 11 in that situation you know if that's incomplete and the chiefs 
um, stop you. It's a long field goal. You're giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes with about a minute 40 left, minute 50, and you've seen him do all sorts before. And to just fit that ball in there across the middle of the field, there's a lot of defenders around straight in the, the arms of T. Higgins. You win the game. I mean, that's ballsy football. That's football where you're not... Can we, can we just stop there and appreciate that pass, right? Oh. That pass that kind of locked down the game was just, I mean, inc- I mean, it wasn't like a, a long, looping, arching pass down the sideline to a rampaging Nathan Palmer in for a 60-yard score. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a little shallow crosser to Paul Hirons in the flat who then spun, you know, made six players missed and took it to the house. Do you know what I mean? It was... Joe Burrow waited to the absolute last second to throw that ball. Someone was seriously in his face. I mean, he was going to get clobbered, but he waited, he waited and waited and waited. That's the confidence and the trust of the pocket and of his receivers to get open and, and get some separation. But he waited to the last minute. Someone was like, literally had his arms around him and yet he stood tall and he delivered this pass into traffic to T. Higgins. The game was on the line. If they didn't get that, they probably would have kicked a field goal and you know would have given the Chiefs enough time to have a bit of a march downfield, as they like to do. But Burrow just threaded it through a needle. Not even a needle. I think it, I don't know what it was. It was. It was. It was. The hole was smaller than a needle. I think, and he just put it where it had to be. I mean, T. Higgins was covered really well, wasn't he? And yet, uh, I just thought it was an incredible throw, incredible poise, incredible um, clutch mentality, incredible focus, incredibly massive bollocks. It was was just great. No, I think you said it really well. And he and he did that. It reminded me of the game against the Chiefs in the the AFC title game where he hit T Higgins over the middle. And you know, you, in those moments, as being a Bengals fan, you sort of you always sort of associate them with being a bit nervous and all. Oh, you know, run the ball, play a bit safe, all oh, keep it. You know, we can't afford a turnover. And I think you just it just speaks to the level of quality and poise and control and confidence that someone like Joe Burrow has as a quarterback and he's still young he's still getting to grips with the NFL in some ways you know he's only been in the league three four years and you know still in the, still very much in the early stages of his career and he's just playing like a veteran like a Peyton Manning that's been there a long time knows what to do knows when to take risks and knows how to win crucially and I thought it was excellent yesterday it was it wasn't a 500 yard five touchdowns just tearing people up down the field but it was meticulous it was well managed it was spreading the ball around not taking you know and the, the, crucially with Joe Boy at the moment he ain't giving the ball away you know, he's not throwing an interception for weeks. He's not fumbling the ball. He's not making silly passes down the field. He's not even really come close to throwing a pick at the moment. He's just absolutely marshalling this team. Um, and when you take care of the ball like that and you play as efficiently as he had and you're backed up by the defence and the run game, I mean, we are bloody hard to beat. And I just hope that the way we've played, especially the last couple of weeks against some good football teams that will be in the playoffs with the Titans and the Chiefs, that someone like the fucking Browns that we've just struggled with for whatever reason for the last couple of years that's a game where you just want to say, look, Joe boy, look, Bengals, put it together and really give them a kick, kick in the throat, you know, kick in the face and really sort of take it to the Browns at home because yeah. 
that's all we need to do, you know, is just take that forward and um, get Joe Boy, get, his, get him his first win against the Browns. You know what I mean? Shut up, Will. Shut up. You see what I mean? He can't. <laughs> he can't shut up. But, but you can't be three and zero against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and then be like zero and four or zero and five, whatever he is against the Browns. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, he's just been. I mean, right from the very start, wasn't it? He was he was zipping balls in when they needed to be zipped. He's really got down this sort of lovely looping floater that just goes over the linebackers and into the breadbasket of of a Tyler Boyd or a. Chase on the sideline or whatever it is, being really accurate, really poised, not uh, just just very controlled. I think Joe Burrow and um, and I think that comes with, as I say, he knows that he doesn't have to make this crazy throw down the sideline to a Chase or a Higgins every play to bail out the team. He can build drives methodically. He can he can just start to rip teams apart, and you know. You mentioned him there earlier on. I mean, he really does remind me of Brady. I I know that comparison has been made and it's dangerous to make comparisons, but the way he diagnoses and then surgically disassembles team is pretty frightening, really. Um, So, yeah, he's playing at a very, very high level. Shall we have one more wheel uh, and then we'll go to correspondence? Well, I think so. Right, uh, Samaj P. Ryan, I think, deserves his own little um, to round things off. He he was just brilliant last night. And do you know what I really liked? And Chase as well. It was great to have Chase back. And adding Chase into the mix is, you know, just adds an extra layer of um, incredibleness to this offense, really. That big play explosive ability. Not that it's been lacking, but... Um, P. Ryan, I just love the way P. Ryan obviously is running and running hard and catching the ball at the backfield, but he's he's pretty good in pass protection as well. Um, but what I really loved about him last night, he, I mean, there were some pretty clutch plays where he had to fight like anything, like his life, almost his life depended on it to get that first down, to eke out another yard or two. And I think... The thing that we've all noticed uh, in the past couple of weeks is that you tackle Samaj P. Ryan, but then really do expect him to get another couple of yards after after contact because that seems to be uh, what's happening at the moment. And and yesterday he just oh man, a couple of times he had to to fight and scratch and claw and you know just kind of battle and battle and battle to get that extra yard for the first time and that's what seemed to be the difference well maybe not the difference but a different a point of difference with the two teams and I hate that kind of analysis that all oh, the other team wanted it more I, I don't know what that means but um I've never known what that means but I, there, maybe there was something approaching that last night because the Bengals were just like, you know, that there was that chase one as well where he fought and scrapped and, let you know, dived forward to get those extra couple of inches to get a crucial third down conversion. And, and that I wasn't seeing that too much from the Chiefs. Maybe they weren't given the opportunity enough. I think Juju did it once, didn't he? Um, Cam Taylor-Britt just failed to bring him down. But Juju had to dive forward to get a 
Well, I think that might have been fourth down, actually. Um, but yeah, yeah, P. Ryan, unbelievable, playing with so much um, power and uh, it doesn't. It looks as though it's almost impossible to bring him down. Well, we, we talked, didn't we, about you know the start of the season, the run game really didn't get going and it got going in spectacular fashion with Mixon in that one game and P. Ryan has really sort of taken the torch since then and it shows you the value and the you know the the real ability that it gives this team when you can balance the offense you know the fact that you can run the ball for five six seven eight yards in key situations it just really allows you to sort of um call a nice balanced game where you know each different um, parts of the process can complement each other and that's what Samar jp ryan has enabled the bengals to do and that's why i was talking about joe burrow it wasn't necessarily one of those crazy um you know, 50-50 balls down the field type of games where he gets a, a few lucky breaks and the ball, you know, Jamar Chase makes a spectacular play after the catch. It was just methodical um, and it was balanced and it it really felt, I mean, Zach Taylor's taken and Brian Callahan have taken some real serious heat over the last couple of seasons about game planning and, you know, the, the, it all being a bit too predictable and this and that and the other. But I don't think you can call much better of a game than that last night. It was just a really well-managed game against a quality team, against an Andy Reid coach team. Now, I know that the Chiefs' defence is not heralded as one of the best. It's a sort of middle-of-the-pack job, I would say. But it's still against a quality team. You still know you've got Patrick Mahomes coming on. Uh, on the other side of the ball if you don't score and it puts the pressure on from that perspective so I really do think you got to take your hats off to what the Bengals were able to do yesterday and certainly what Samaj P. Ryan has, has done and that's why I think and I'd be interested to get your opinion on this son like what do you do you know you'd expect with Joe Mixon with a concussion protocol I'm, I'm slightly surprised that he's been in it for as long as he has I hope he's okay I hope he's able to come back sooner rather than later but it really does put an interesting um an interesting decision um, at the Bengals' feet, really, for that game against the Browns. If Mixon is cleared, how do you approach that? Do you do it 50-50? Do you keep Mixon maybe sort of, you know, a bit out of the picture and let him sort of work his way back in slowly and give Piran the rock? Or, you know, how are you managing that? Uh, it's tricky, isn't it? I think I sort of split carries uh, at the moment just because you almost don't want to... Not that Mixon will, and he's a quality running back still, obviously... Um, but there's just something very pleasingly direct about P. Ryan and no nonsense. And I do wonder whether Mixon... We couldn't quite put our finger on it, could we? Um, earlier on the season, what, what was going wrong with the run game? Whether it was Mixon, whether he wasn't kind of hitting the holes properly or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Hitting the... I don't know, following his blocks. or I don't know. Who knows? Um... But P. Ryan says just pleasingly no nonsense. He just seems to to go where he's supposed to go, and then makes plays after that. Not that Mixon doesn't, obviously, but you know what I mean. Uh, he's much. He seems a bit more consistent. You know, I don't know. It's um, so. What I'm trying to say is, I don't know. <laughs> Basically, um, I would assume that they're going to split carries. Uh, certainly next week and perhaps even going forward because my only worry is that they've got a really good head of steam uh going now there's some really nice momentum in that run game now whether it's because you know the offensive line are blocking better or whether it's a bit of p ryan i don't know 
Uh, and if the offensive line still block the way they're blocking next week that they have in the past few weeks, then Mixon should be able to make some hay. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Um, all I want is the offense. Whoever's at running back, I want the offensive line to continue what they're doing because they've been pretty good the past two, three weeks, I would say. Um, but, yeah, it is a dilemma, isn't it? Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Right, let's go to the parish news board. Uh, as you will have noticed, our uh, daily advent calendar is continuing. Uh, you'll see little snippets of Bengals fans of across the UK dispensing festive messages of joy and jollity to all men, women and uh, those in between. Um, and also, uh, we should be rolling out our Christmas raffle uh, uh, for uh, yes, action for children. We've got some great prizes, so watch out for that in the coming days. And then, of course, this weekend, December the 11th, Sunday, December the 11th, we will be in London for our final meetup of the year. We're at the Coach House, Oxenden Street, uh, just off Piccadilly Circus. Uh, for those who went to the Super Bowl party, uh, it's the same place, but it's been renamed the Coach House. We'll be on the middle floor watching the Browns and the Bengals game. So do come and join us if you're in the area. And that concludes the news. Let's go to the correspondence, Nathan, shall we? Uh, slam Dunk at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. How's your voice this week, by the way? Because last week there were so many solid handles. I think, I don't know, you were sounding a bit Barry White at the end of the, <laughs> at the, at the, end of the correspondence, weren't you? A little bit hoarse the last week or two. Yeah. Uh, but I certainly don't think doing about 15 solid handles um, particularly helped me last week. But, you know, I'm, I'm back and that's one of them down. So let's see how many we've got this week. OK. Uh, Duncan says, two great victories against the Titans and Chiefs, but it will mean F all if we lose to the Browns this week. We are in control of our destiny and Lamar potentially out for a game or two for the Rappers could see us take a leap to the top of the north. Onwards and up, upwards, who day? Who day to you, Dunk? And all very good points. Uh, Ravens not playing well at all, and then they were dealt a blow with uh, Lamar going down. Brazil 4-0 up at half-time against Korea. South Korea at the moment, did you know that? Um, Bridge of Assize at Bridge of Assize. Um, Solid handle. We could analyse the ups and downs and ins and outs of the Chiefs' tilt, but why? The fact is... We are led by a master of the game, loved by his teammates and trusted by his coaches. We can just enjoy watching football now. Let's beat that fetid, fraudulent franchise next week. Excellent uh, alliteration there, Bridge. And I couldn't agree more. Did you hear the booze that Deshaun Watson got in his comeback game? I expect Paycor to deliver on the boo count next week. Uh, for another massive count who is uh, coming into town. Um, we have a, um, going up against him in his second game back on the road. I think he's not going to be close to to the threat that he um, that he probably would be five, six, seven, eight games. True, know, true. We'll see. No, it's a bit of a favour. Knowing us, knowing us though, we'll, we're, it always happens when people are having really bad stretches of games. They often play the Bengals and have you know play out of their skin for some reason. So should be a good game on Sunday. Nick Parker at Big Park seventy one. Um, P Ryan Higgins and of course Burrow were outstanding. And now I am just starting to believe 
we may repeat last year's march on the playoffs and ultimate glory. Well, Nick, steady on. Steady on, Nick. Uh, but I think we all are secretly, aren't we? I think we all are. I think we're all on the train. We're, um, we're in the buffet car, getting the sandwiches and the coffee, looking excitedly out the window, seeing the countryside stream past at 200 miles an hour. Everyone's chatting excitedly. Someone's just gone to the loo and... Uh, and I don't know why I said that. Anyway, right, um, Martin at Dorset Bengal. Rescue me, Martin. Uh, so impressed with the guys in the trenches on both sides of the ball the last few games. The elusive, That elusive consistency has been there across the team. And play calling, P. Ryan needs to keep mixing on the bench too. Maybe a 70-30 split. Martin has a solution for you there, Nathan. Do you like that one? Do you like it? Do you like it? Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you do think you've got to listen to that, and like, you, I, I, I feel bad for Mixon because he's a concussion protocol and he's coming off a big game. So you say to him, "Look, son, you got to win. You know, you got to win your job back here. It's Samarjay's job now." I, I'm not sure that's necessarily the right message. But how do you keep Samarjay P right now? What more can you ask a geezer to do than he's done over the last couple of weeks against fierce opposition? I mean, I'm, I'm giving him the start. I'm, I'm giving Mixon a chance for sure. But I don't think it's Joe Mixon's to come back and just, you know, put his slippers on and go back in. I think some RJ's set up camp, unfortunately. VB at Von Blade. Um, we were so dominant, I was cross. It wasn't 21-6 at halftime. Defence stepped up when needed. OL gave Je- uh, Joe plenty of time. P. Warren was a beast. Shame to lose the excellent Hurst, though. Yet we'll await news on Hayden Hurst. Our second half adjustments are always great. A far cry from the old times. Yeah, I mean, as much as we love Marvin, Marvin re- didn't really believe in uh, adjustments, apparently. So um, this team that has that over Marvin. Um, yeah. It was Hayden Hurst, isn't it? You always, you know, you always want to keep the team and um, as healthy as you possibly can. Obviously, he's been a real standout player, I think, um, this year. He's been a real up, um, an upgrade on what we have with CJ's armour. No, that's no disrespect to CJ, but I really hope it's nothing too serious. If it's a week or two or something like that, we can probably get by and get him back when it matters in the playoffs. But, yeah, I really hope for his sake it's nothing too serious because we are thin behind him. You know, I know Mitchell Wilcox has come in there and he's played. done well. I think he deserves a mention actually. When we were talking about sort of backup guys stepping up to yeah. to play real good roles, he's been another one that's quietly doing the business. Yes, I agree, but it, it, he's not the same receiving threat. And I think no, when no, you're no. down the stretch and you, you really need a bit of firepower against some of these quality teams, I just hope that um, I really do hope that he's someone that can um, come back and you know really sort of make a difference. So uh, fingers crossed, it's nothing too serious. I'm sure we'll find out fairly soon, but um, yeah, fingers crossed. And also, VB mentions uh, the fact that it wasn't twenty-one-six. I mean, at halftime, and I think my worry during the game was that we're we're, we're sort of botching the big moments here. Do you know what I mean, we couldn't convert that fourth down. There was a couple of errant penalties. Tyler Boyd dropping that pass inexplicably. Um, it was just like we're just we're getting into such great positions, but we're not. You know, we're not making the Chiefs pay, and that was always the worry with the Chiefs. But so to pull out that win, even though we, you know, we were kind of not capitalising as much as we should, says everything. I think Sagey at Earl of Norks, 
Solid handle. The poise and vision of Borrow was incredible. The pass to ice the game was elite, which I think few QBs could pull off. I agree, and I really do think Borrow, you know, is up there with your Josh Allens and your certainly at the moment. I think he's a top three quarterback in the NFL. I'm, you know, I'm going to say it. He's up yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, John Ward at John Ward thirty one. Hello, John. Hope uh, you and Annabella well. We are the real deal now, says John. We're uh, we're different ways of winning depending on our opponents. Of course, we'll probably lose to the Browns next week, but it feels pretty good to be a Bengals fan right now. Here, here, Mega Farter at Mega Farter B. Um, Shocking handle. No, nah, I'm I'm saying it's a s- solid handle. Uh, every part of the team played well says Scott, but I was most happy with the OL, who really stood up last night. Zero sacks and not a lot of pressure on JB allowed. JB continues to be the coolest customer in town, doesn't he? Just Paul at uh, P. Car Burns. As the newbie to the chat stroke podcast, I hope I'm not being too optimistic when I say I reckon they can go all the way. Any sport is about hitting form at the right time, and they are finding hitting form right now. Cliche alert. Winning breeds confidence. Confidence breeds winning mentally. You're not wrong, Paul, uh, but really it is the hope that kills you. But I think we're having... That's always been that Bengals fan fatalistic mindset, isn't it? Because so often in the past, we've got into great positions and we've screwed it up somehow. And um, But it feels different the past couple of years. I'm just wondering if that's going to be... Uh, Changing Duncan at Dunkstar02. Um, credit to Zach and the front office for building such a complete group. We have playmakers at every position on both sides of the ball. Superb last few weeks from uh, so called debt players such as CTB, P. Ryans, Williams, Irwin, and Osai, all stepping up and making huge clutch plays. Here, here's Duncan, and definitely, um, you know, the roster construction and the roster that we've got is. is Pretty nice, I'd say. Well done, everybody. <laughs> Andrew Dockerall at Dockers77. What a win. Continue to own the Chiefs. And honestly, it should have been even more of a margin. Let's go take that AFC North title. Here, here. Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram. Um, Bengals have a functioning O-line. Burrow looking immense. Loser genius. It's effing fun. It is, isn't it? It's, it is fun. Oh, it's weird. Um... Uh, Killian at Malloy underscore double zero. Few. I don't think I could have chosen a better game to go to. Killian went to Cincinnati to watch that game. He sent a lovely photograph through. It looked amazing. I thought it was curtains after their uh, TD just uh, just after the half. The fumble sucked the life out of the Chiefs. Met some Chiefs fans after the game who were gracious in defeat. But something tells me we will be seeing them again. Chiefs fans... Um, Graceful in defeat. Are you sure they were Chiefs fans? Uh, Killian. Well, he is. Yeah. Uh, oh, at Duke of Panache. Solid handle. An excellent win. The most convincing of the three versus the Chiefs, I would say. Got to turn up and beat the Browns to keep the heat on the Ravens. Amazing development of some young players on D and an O. The line and P Rhine and the, are the beating heart of the offense. Fun, fun team. Uh, Stussy at Neil underscore Stewart underscore. Big win in more ways than one. Keeps that thought in the Chiefs' mind that we are the bogey team and that uh, could be huge for us if we were to meet them in the players. Uh, correct. Uh, Burrow 
uh, at uh, Annihilus666. <laughs> no solid handle for that? Annihilus? Annihilus 666. You're not bad. But I'm not I'm not getting go. I'm in a good mood, but you can't okay, go right, to okay. the team. All right. Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. They have Mahomes, Kelsey, and have maintained a great foster, roster for a few years now. The Bengals have finally hit their stride and look capable of going toe-to-toe with every other team. Every game is winnable with Joe. Never felt like that before. Mm. Mm. Michael Smith at Conniving Crow. Um, Solid angle. Great effing win. But other than Joe Burrow, is there a more valuable player on the team now than P. Ryan? Well, there you go. There's certainly some Samaje love. There is, absolutely. From the correspondence. We love Samaje. I don't know where I've gone French. Rob Hill at Shirley this season. Solid handle. Last week was gritty. This week was classy. A more comfortable win than the score showed, really. Burrow is purring, the line is growing, and our defence is always adapting. They've all got to play us. That they have. That they have. Mm. Moza92. Simply, who day? And uh, who else we got? Um, Sean, at disciple of Ange, uh, says, need to cut that Higby fella. He was anonymous again. <laughs> And that's, of course, reference to Justin Reed. Uh, Justin Reed's comments to safety. Well, you probably know what he said. Pretty dickish thing to say, really. But um, yeah, didn't lock, didn't lock, didn't lock him down, though, did you, Justin? Justin, uh, uh, Justin, uh, Jamie at Trekart Beaster. We're starting to look very dangerous. The rest of the league is on notice. We have an alien at quarterback and a defense harder to work out. And the clues on three, two, one, one for Paul's generation. There, let's smash Cleveland and pummel their shitbag QB. Who day? Indeed. Three, two, one. That's a separate episode on three, two, one. I think maybe at some point it is my ambition on this podcast to uh, to do a podcast version of three, two, one. I think, and that might happen next year in the off season when I can figure out how to do it. If people think are thinking out there. What the hell is 321? It was a game show, a Saturday night game show in the 80s. And uh, when I was a kid, I used to watch it. And it was the most bizarre, surreal, uh, impenetrably weird and difficult game show you'll, you'll ever see. It's, it was uh, worth watching. Uh, we still got loads more. Bloody hell. Richard Murgatroyd at Richard Murg 90. Offense will get the credit, but the D showed up where they needed to. I agree. James, oh, sorry, Jake Baker, greater at greater natty. Um, wow. Stadium last night, knew we were going to win. I've honestly never felt that from a Bengals fan base. was amazing. A great game from great players on a big stage. I love it. Greg Hartman at G Hartman, finally. Uh, just a great win, and there's something so unique about the team and the fans in the past few years. That's a lovely one to to um, end on, isn't it? Because I do think uh, the fans are in sort of lockstep with the team. You know, they both are feeding off each other, and the, you know, yes, it's been a bit of a struggle at times, but we seem to have broken through that wall of of inconsistency and not quite finding what we need to find. And bang, we're 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 on the, I say we're on the train now, aren't we? We're we're hurtling forward. Um, it is a fun time to be a Bengals fan again, isn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we're well in it. I think we all know what the goal is here. Um, I think last year took a while for us to really realise that, you know, we sort of kicked into gear in the last game or two. And, you know, I think the focus really more than anything was, oh, can we get that that playoff win under our belt and um, end the 30 years worth of hurt? Because um, it sounds like uh, Euro 96. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yeah, get that out of the way and get the playoff win. And this year is different. We knew this year that the goal going in was the Super Bowl. It's probably the best Bengals team we've ever had. Um I really think we believe we can do it. And the way we're playing at the moment, there's no reason to suggest we can't. It, it is going to be a challenging stretch these next five games. We knew it would be, including that game against the Chiefs. It's tight games. We're going to, you know, it's good practice for what will be the playoffs. I, you know, I'm, I think it would take a, it would take something fairly serious and some things we don't want to talk about to happen for us not to make the playoffs, I think, where we are now. But um, this game against the Browns, I know we won't go into it into too much details, but it's at home. I mean, we, we got to win it. And we, I think if you win it, you print the playoff tickets, you, you really give yourself an excellent chance of winning the division. You give yourself a chance of sniffing around for the, the number one, the number two seed. And I think that's one thing I want to talk to you about, son. Have, have I got time to talk about this, or are you going to cut me off? Briefly, go on. I really think now, with four or five games left... Breaking, breaking, I am going to cut you off. Sorry, Nathan, gen- for, for a genuine reason. I hope it's good news. Well, not yeah, not really. Bittersweet, I'd say. Not even sweet, really. Uh, the Bengals have released Kevin Huber after 14 seasons as a Bengal. Uh-huh. And, a, and uh, an appearance record holder, so... Expected, I think Chrisman has done very well since he's come into the into the fray. But um, hats off to Kev, and uh, what yeah. an amazing fourteen years of service, capped off with, and well, obviously an appearance on Cincinnati. I think that's probably his career highlight, um, but also uh, capped off with an AFC Championship medal and an appearance in the Super Bowl. Uh, so, Kev, I salute you, and I'm sure I speak for everyone out there. What a, what a guy you are, and uh, not that you're probably listening at the moment. Um, but, yeah, an amazing uh, career in Cincinnati, and I think uh, we all thank you mightily for your service. Oh, absolutely, and I, I echo that completely. What a what a stand-up quality character, and crucially holds the record for the, uh, the number of Bengals appearances. And I think... Nice touch from the Bengals to get him there, and they trusted him with the job. And you have to take your hat off to Drew, um, Drew Christman, the job he's done so far. That they're confident enough to say, "Look, we're riding with this guy going forward." So, you know, hopefully that's the start of another long um, servant punting the ball for the Bengals. Yes. Anyway, back to your point. <laughs> what they say? Uh, I've got a bit of trivia for you. Who's the punter before Kevin Uber? Come on, tell me. Oh God. Uh, hmm. Who's around for a while? Um, mm. If you Google it, if I hear any tapping on that keyboard. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say I cannot recall. I'm a bit... Um... Kyle Larson. I was Larson, yeah. Okay. There yeah, you go. Well. Yeah. Um, dude, should we just have a quick word about the Browns? Should we talk about the Browns now? Or are we... we... The Browns, I think we kind of know what it is. It's, it's a bit of a banana skin game. We we need to turn up and play hard football We're at home. We've got to win that game. But what I wanted to talk about before Kev was cut was 
we do need to start angling ourselves here and having a bit of a think around like the playoffs and what we want to do because it's all well and good getting at, getting in and getting on you know getting an invite to the dance floor but we really i think need to get a home game in those playoffs because mm. if we if we're talking about winning it we're not just talking about getting on the dance floor and getting a cheeky kiss are we we're trying to get the whole way home here and <laughs> i really think that we looking at that and saying look, if we get if the ravens win the division and we i don't know we finish with 10 11 wins whatever but we don't win the division that means at the very best, you're going to be the five seed. At the worst, you're going to be the seventh seed. Now, either way, you're playing away from home. It's very likely you're playing the whole way through the playoffs on the road. Now, as good as the Bengals are and as unbelievable as Joe Boy is, I just can't see the Bengals winning three playoff games, wild card game, divisional game, the AFC title game, and then the Super Bowl at a neutral territory. I can't see him doing that. It's too much, a big ask. I think we really benefited last year from having that home game against the Raiders, which was not an easy game, but it was certainly very winnable. We were quite clearly the favourite. We had the fans behind us. I do think the Bengals need something like that if they're going to go the whole way. I think they need a nice, friendly home game. God forbid a bye would be unbelievable to get a bit of rest and get a bit of extra prep time. But I do think they need at least a game, maybe two games at Paycor. They're better at Paycor. You've seen the way they've played the last couple of games. I don't think Joe Boy's thrown an interception at home since the Steelers game in week one. I think they were saying on the broadcast last night. So that's something I just think we've got to be aware of. You know, the Ravens, obviously, Lamar Jackson's gone down. It'd be interesting to see how long he's down for but that game at the end of the season can we stay in touch can we make that a game where you know that game is for the title I think if we can keep it that tight that would be unbelievable but I really do think it's it's not just a case of like oh can we make the playoffs at this point it's we've got a tiebreaker against the Titans we've got a tiebreaker against the Chiefs we've got a tiebreaker against the Dolphins against the Jets you know we've got some good favours up our sleeve in the AFC, we've got to win the division and we've got to get ourselves a strong playoff seed in because, like I said, we can't just afford to get in and be happy about it and, oh, if we win a game, it wouldn't it be nice and we could all have a clap about it. This is We've got to go the whole hog year and I really think we've got to set ourselves up to do it. So, don't want to be dramatic, son, but I, I just, I really think that if you're asking yourselves to win four games all on the road in the playoffs against some very, very good teams that we've faced before, I think you're going to, you're going to slip up short um, at some point. So I think to give ourselves a chance at home in a couple of those games against the five, six, seven seeds, you know, people like the Jets potentially or the Chargers or, you know, maybe even the Ravens, who knows, but um, that'd be a lot easier than having to go down the whole, you know, on the road against the Titans again, on the road against the Chiefs again, on the road against the Bills. You know, you're, you're going to come up short in one of those games, no matter how well you play. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I to be honest, I think uh, I think everybody team, everybody, everybody who gets to the playoffs wants that home game, don't they? Um, at least one. But I mean, we've just got to get there first. You know what I mean? And then I think just worry about what happens next when it happens um yeah i just want us to i mean it's crucial for us actually to beat the brands this weekend not Belize, because they're utter scumbags and they've shown uh how dysfunctional and willing they are to sell their soul 
uh, to win. Um, but aside from that, um, it uh, it's a crucial for the division because we are what we're one and three in the division now. Uh, if we are, if it is going to come down to the wire with the Ravens, who are playing pretty poorly at the moment, as we mentioned, yeah. uh, there's a chance that that kind of divisional tiebreaker might come into play now. Uh, that become might become moot when we play the Ravens in the last game of the season. It might even be for the for the division. You, do you know what I mean? But if it's not, uh, it's going to be tricky. It's going to come down to, you know, obviously the Ra- Ravens have got, I was called the Raisins, the Baltimore Raisins. Uh, <laughs> the Baltimore Raisins have a fairly easy schedule, but, you know, they yeah. could be without Lamar for a little while. So, um yeah, I don't know. Don't know. It's going to be tricky. All we've got to do, I think, and it sounds so cliché, doesn't it? But we've just got to concentrate on uh, on ourselves and just control what we can control. And we can, as the guys mentioned in the correspondence, um, we kind of do control our own destiny a little bit. So, yeah, I think the division is is up for grabs. We're certainly playing much better than the Ravens. And if you, if we were to say, look, you know, we're going to play the Raisins next week um, in Baltimore. Uh, even in Baltimore, I'd I'd say we're the better team and we would win. We're playing much better than those guys at the moment. So, yeah. a lot of football to be played, though. Um, right. Uh, hope to see some of you at the meetup on uh, on Sunday. Uh, and if not, enjoy the game. Nathan and I will be back on Monday to go through everything that happened the night before. Uh, but until then, it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.